0: Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today's psalm is number ninety four. O Yahweh, God of vengeance, O God of vengeance, shine forth. Rise up, O judge of the earth, repay to the proud what they deserve. O Yahweh, how long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked exult? They pour out their arrogant words, all the evildoers boast. They crush your people, O Yahweh, and afflict your heritage. They kill the widow and the sojourner, and murder the fatherless. And they say, Yahweh does not see. The God of Jacob does not perceive. Understand, O dullest of the people. Fools, when will you be wise? He who planted the ear, does he not hear? He who formed the eye, does he not see? He who disciplines the nations, does he not rebuke? He who teaches man knowledge, Yahweh, knows the thoughts of man, that they are but a breath. Blessed is the man whom you discipline, O Yahweh, and whom you teach out of your law to give him rest from days of trouble until a pit is dug for the wicked for Yahweh will not forsake his people he will not abandon his heritage for justice will return to the righteous and all the upright in heart will follow it who rises up for me against the wicked who stands up for me against evil doers if Yahweh had not been my help my soul would soon have lived in the land of silence When I thought, my foot slips, your steadfast love, O Yahweh, help me up. When the cares of my heart are many, your consolations cheer my soul. Can wicked rulers be allied with you? Those who frame injustice by statute, they band together against the life of the righteous and condemn the innocent to death. But Yahweh has become my stronghold and my God the rock of my refuge. He will bring back on them their iniquity and wipe them out for their wickedness. Yahweh, our God, will wipe them out. This is the word of the Lord. Certainly a prayer against one's enemy here. It is not titled, we don't know who this psalm was written by, but expressing concern, uh, expressing the desire to see God's vengeance, to see those who oppose God, who oppose God's people and would bring them harm, to see them judged. God of vengeance. And this is true. Vengeance belongs to the Lord. God himself says that. Romans chapter 12, verse 19. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Vengeance, to repay wrongs it's not for us to do but the perfect God who does not tolerate sin he does it shine forth come basically uh, for God to shine for his face to shine upon his people is for him to be there to be present Christ is the light of the, earth, the world Rise up, judge of the earth. And that he is. We confess this in the Apostles' Creed. That Jesus will come to judge the living and the dead. Repay the proud what they deserve. That's a dark line, the way we would read it. But it's in the Psalms. It's in the scriptures. It is okay to pray against our enemies. I would argue we pray for them and against them. Uh, We pray that the Lord would bring them to repent, but if not, snuff them out. Do not let them harm your people, as much as what we primarily see in this psalm. Now, a family conversation here could be simply, what do you know about Judgment Day? We don't know a whole lot, but we know we come before the Judgment Throne of God we know that those who believe in him who trust in his promises will live forever that they will hear the good words of our lord and savior jesus christ who will say well done good and faithful servant come and enter into the joy of your master from jesus parable of the talents in matthew chapter 25 we know that those who have rejected the lord and not repented of it they get what they wanted uh, they get to be without God forever. But that is a thing of suffering and sorrow, great pain. Matthew 25, Jesus described the sheep and the goats separated from each other. Someone is left, someone is right. The sheep on his right who get to enter paradise, the faithful, the goats on his left who have rejected him and go to hell. That's Judgment Day. It happens when Christ returns, whatever day that may be. Could be today, could be tomorrow, could be a thousand more years from now. We just don't know. But that day comes, and our enemies will not stand. God's enemies will not stand on that day. How long shall the wicked exalt? Well, until Christ returns. 2 Timothy 3, verse 13, that bad will go from bad to worse they pour out their arrogant words so a picture of like a vase filled with water and you just pour it out right? all the wickedness that's inside of their heart pours out from them it's a danger by the way even for the Christian that what we fill ourselves with is what we have to give and so if we fill ourselves with the things of this world that'll be what comes out of us so that's a caution for us too They boast, and that's a reference to pride. They crush your people, afflict your heritage, reference to the promised land. Killing the widow and the sojourner, murdering the fatherless, those are three classes that the Lord very specifically encourages Israel, commands Israel to care for. They don't do that, they kill them. And they say Yahweh does not see. Evil people boast, thinking, thinking they can get away with their evil deeds, that there is no God over them to whom they must give an account. It should also be a caution to us that the land in which we live also believes this. Jesus does not see. Jesus does not exist. There is no God that I am accountable to, that I have to give give a reason for what I've done to. I can do whatever I want. My truth is my truth. That's the land we live in. It is a dark place. Dullest of people, fools, why can they not see? He who planted the ear, farmer reference, but immediately turns to creation. He who formed the eye. God did both. God planted us. God formed us. God created us. Do you really think he's oblivious? Do you think he does not know? And the answer to that actually would be yes. They do think he's oblivious, doesn't know, or doesn't exist. Our age has completely rejected creation as an idea and goes with the idea that all of this is an accident, just evolutionary mistake that we're even here. I don't know that they'd say mistake, but accident. It's not intended. It wasn't purposed by anyone. Most of human history has not believed that. That is a very baby idea to put it in this idea of a lifespan it's just an infant most of history has believed that there was a creator even if it's the the weird babylonian kind of myths that you can find out there there's some weird stuff but history has held this that we were created we were formed and so our culture is different in that regard but god has planted us he does it and he hears the next line he who disciplines the nations does he not rebuke this reminded me of daniel chapter 2 verse 21 he changes times and seasons he removes kings and sets up kings he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding it is the lord who sets up kings and tears down kings it is the lord Who sets up nations and destroys nations in his judgment it's Romans 13 as well common text on that one does he not also rebuke yes he does and Daniel is a rebuke right Daniel 2 and 4 rebuking Nebuchadnezzar especially chapter 4 for his pride and Belshazzar rebuked for his pride in chapter 5 and to the point of death He who teaches man knowledge. So, God is the one who gives us anything that we could possibly know. Without Him, we wouldn't even exist. So, He gives us knowledge. He gives us knowledge of what is good because He is good. He knows our thoughts, and they are but a breath. Another family conversation spot. How long has God been? How long has He existed? However, you want to phrase it. And how does our lifetime compare? but a breath. This is what we saw a few days ago in Psalm 90. As Moses talked about this that way, that the Lord is eternal. He has no beginning and no end. And yet we are like a sigh. We're here for just a moment, insignificant and gone. The only significance we have is thanks to Christ who redeemed us, who shows our worth, our value, because he was willing to give his life for us. Thanks be to God for this tremendous and incredible gift. Our next paragraph, verses 12 to 15, focuses on the faithful. Blessed is the man whom you discipline, O Yahweh. It's true. I mean, you think of a parent disciplining their child. A father disciplines his son because he wants his son to repent, to grow, to become a better man to be able to love and to serve his neighbor, to be able to have a family of his own someday, he doesn't discipline... Well, okay, sinful man. It can happen, but typically speaking, a father does not discipline his son for no reason at all, or for no good reason, I should say. God disciplines us because he loves us, because he wants us to live. He disciplines us Away from our sins, he calls us to repent. And he allows suffering in our lives to do that very thing, too. Repent, or you likewise will perish. The words Jesus will speak a couple of times in Luke chapter 13. God teaches us with his law. He gives us rest from our trouble. So the Lord sustains us, he feeds us, he gives us all that is good He gives us knowledge of him. He gives us that Sabbath rest. Also rest from trouble, so rest from enemies. A pit is dug for the wicked. God defeats our enemy. Where we would pick up on that is sin, death, and the devil. I mean, the ancient world, the the enemy that attacked. And yet God defends. I mean, the Assyrian army gathers outside of Jerusalem. They're going to destroy it. And God... Jesus Christ, the angel of Yahweh, goes out in the night and kills 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. God defends. He cares for his people. He does not forsake us. Not abandon his heritage, a reference to the promised land of Israel, as well as to Jerusalem and the temple there, probably, not knowing the timeline of this hymn. Justice will return to the righteous. God will not abandon his people forever. So even if this is written in a time of exile, the Lord lifts up. The Lord restores. There's hope. There's trust from the psalmist. Who rises up for me against the wicked? Who stands up for me against evildoers? And the answer to that one is Jesus. It's God who fights for us. If Yahweh had not been my help, my soul would have soon lived in the land of silence. I'm taking that land of silence as a reference to death where you don't speak anymore. If God hadn't helped, I'd be dead. But he helped. God fought for me. this is a picture common for the Israelites in the Old Testament. Exodus 14, as God defeats Pharaoh and his army, uh, pretty much the entire book of Judges, save the last couple of chapters where things get really dark because Israel didn't trust in God. When I thought my foot slips... Your steadfast love, O Yahweh, help me up. So the idea that even in our dark days, even when we think things are going poorly for us, even when we think we're harmed, God still holds us. He still cares for us. So John 10, verses 28-29, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, that Jesus has us in his palm and will never let us go, that he upholds us by the power of his word. Steadfast love, his mercy, his covenant faithfulness, he cares for us always. When the cares of my heart are many, your consolations cheer my soul. The cares of our heart are pretty much always many. We are worry warts. That's what we do. That's what we're good at as sinners. And yet God's consolations, his care for us, cheers us. And I, I wanted to share with you one of those consolations. What are the consolations? I guess you could talk with your kids about not constellations, consolations to console, to comfort I really love how uh, one of our pastors, Pastor Fisk, Pastor Jonathan Fisk likes to open up one of the shows that he does with his wife. Um, He likes to say, He is risen. You are paid for. You are immortal now. He won't be long anyway. There is water to seal it. There is food to feed it. This is Christianity. Hallelujah. That's a potent little saying. It's no more than a, a verse of a hymn would be. That might be fun to put to a verse. Anyway, he's risen. Christ is risen. You are paid for. Your sins are gone. You are immortal now. Because Christ lives, you live. The world cannot take that from you. There is water to seal it, baptism. There is food to feed it, the Lord's Supper. This is Christianity. This is our faith. Hallelujah. Thanks be to God. Praise Yahweh, literally, from the Hebrew. Hallelujah. He consoles us with good news. Can wicked rulers, verse 20, be allied with you? They're not allied with him, but that doesn't mean he doesn't work through them. And God doesn't need man to be his ally. The Lord made us. The Lord can remove us. He doesn't need us. But he did work through Nebuchadnezzar to defeat Assyria. He worked through Nebuchadnezzar to crush Even his own people of Judah who were unbelieving at that point and unrepentant. So the Lord works through, but doesn't ally with wicked men. The Lord can bring good and does bring good for his people out of any circumstance. And we see something like that in Romans chapter 8. They frame injustice by statute. So their very law is unjust. I would argue that that is America today. We have many unjust laws, many laws that do not actually help but harm the people that our governors have been called to govern. They band together against the life of the righteous, condemning the innocent to death. I don't typically use the word innocent because we're all sinners. But millions of children... About a million a year are dying in this land because our government says it's good. And it's not. In earthly terms, they are innocent. Those little babies in the womb have never done anything to anyone. They're just breathing for, for well, they're just heart beating and, and, and starting to think for the first time. Yahweh has become my stronghold. My God, the rock of my refuge. God is our strength. He cares for us. He defends us. He protects us. He provides for us. He saves us. And that ends with judgment. He will bring on them their iniquity, wipe them out for their wickedness. Yahweh our God will wipe them out. Those who reject him will have to give the account on the last day for why they've done what they've done, and it will end in hell. And the psalmist prays for it at the open and at the close of this text. And it's a hymn. It's in our Old Testament. We can sing this. We can pray this. The time of the enemy does not endure. The Lord is patient with them, giving them more time to repent. But eventually, the day of judgment comes. To which the Christian prays. And we've been taught to pray, rightly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus.